Fine Music Radio. People of Note on Fine Music Radio is proudly brought to you each week at this time by Peter Turin Productions. This is Fine Music Radio and Rodney Trudgeon welcoming you to this week's edition of People of Note. I have such a glamorous guest today, Aviva Pelham. She's just released a book called My Musical Odyssey, which I'm looking at here as we speak, which is chock full of pictures and crits and goodness knows what else and memories. And I'm sure you know that Aviva Pelham is one of South Africa's most gifted and loved artists. She sings an exceptionally wide range of music from the repertoire of opera, musicals, operetta, oratorio and cabaret. And you may know she's dominated the stage as Violetta in Traviata, Rossina in The Barber of Seville, and she's equally at home as Musetta in La Boheme, Susanna in The Marriage of Figaro, Gilda in Regaletto, and also there's The Student Prince, A Night in Venice, The Great Waltz, Yum Yum in the Mikado, and My Fair Lady, The Sound of Music, all the big ones, The King and I. And now she's released a book, and Aviva, it's great to have you here, and it looks as though this book took a lot of work and sorting out and deciding. So welcome indeed and congratulations. Thanks so much, Rodney. Lovely to be here. Did it take a long time? <laughs> how, tell me how it's laid out because I just love the format. It's sort of long, not big. It's uh, How would you call it? It's a sort of coffee table book. Yes. And it really was a challenge to know how to present it. So uh, I have been collecting crits and photographs and uh, or posters and flyers over the years. In fact, it was my husband, Paul, who kept saying to me, did you cut the crit out of the paper? <laughs> I kept saying, who's interested? And he said, cut it out. So I, I have a lot of a wonderful record of sort of a rich catalogue of what actually happened in a part of the opera world going back over 50 years. And eventually I thought, right, I'll, at the beginning I'll just lay it out in decades. So there are not that many people around who remember the early days. And uh, then it became a little bit more challenging when there were so many different other areas that I had done. Mm. There's a whole section on youth. There's a section on healing. Uh, there's a section on, on the Jewish side. Um, I had to try and find ways to portray some of what I'd done. And I think that the reason I did put it down is because it was so wide and I am so privileged to have had the opportunities that I did have that I just wanted to say thank you and shine the light on other people who were so instrumental in getting all these world-class productions on the stage, talking about designers, directors, producers. Um, there are so many talented people who possibly aren't always acknowledged and I have tried also to always mention and comment on my colleagues. You're, you've certainly commented on your colleagues. There's a, there's a whole panoply here of famous, famous names over mm. the years and I see you've decided to start in 1970. Well, it started long before when mm. uh, Jack Pelham met Santa Erda. They got married by proxy. And really interesting story, my parents. And I know that everybody has a wonderfully interesting story to tell. But my parents hadn't met before um, they decided to get married. And so one of the very strong traits that bound these two strangers together 
was music. Mm. So from the start, uh, I have two older sisters, and we were surrounded by music from both of them. My mother had a most wonderful singing voice. We're going to hear her singing just now, aren't we? Yes. Um, So it was very much in the family. There was piano, there were other instruments. Uh, It was so natural that I thought everybody had that as part of my life. I don't Mm. know how I would manage without. It's as important as as sleeping and eating. So the music was there. There were one or two major challenges along the way where I was turned down on several occasions (laughs) for singing, (laughs) which just made one think, well, you're useless, you know, Mm. don't, don't go there. And then... Fortunately, it did it did open up for me, and uh, I I was thinking recently if I had my life again, what would I like to do with it? And I would choose the same, Rodney. Exactly I would the choose same. the same. Yeah. I feel so lucky to have had the opportunities to express myself with my body rather than an instrument. I did play piano, clarinet, a few few others. It's the singing that I needed to do. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to explain. It is such a brilliant way to communicate with other people. Of course, any kind of music is a, an international communicator, but singing, there's something special. And It's the human, isn't it? It's the human th- body that, that voice, that, and that, that vibration. That uniqueness of the mm. voice, like a uniqueness of a fingerprint. Yes, yes, and yes. It takes a long time until we actually uh, accept our own sound and uh, and believe in it, because without that, uh, we, we can't go forward. When did you discover, Aviva, that you had a voice that was worth training? Uh, the music was so prevalent and the singing was such a, a huge longing, but it it did take those few knocks as yes. I went along. And also to strengthen you. Possibly. You're probably right. And so I knew that everything else was there. And, Mm. you know, it's an interesting thing when one speaks to young people not to hand over totally to other people's opinions because you can become crushed. Uh, Have you ever heard about that wonderful book called No Turn Unstoned where Dame, um, (laughs) a wonderful actress, uh, puts together the worst crits that people have had? And I'm talking, when I say people, I'm talking people of note here. I'm talking (laughs) the the big stars, the the best directors, the best dancers, etc. Nuriev was told he was useless several times. You know, you've just got to try and say, I think this is worth pursuing. I think I was ready at university, so I was singing a bit of the repertoire. Mm -hmm. gasping and spluttering (laughs) but knowing that that music was going to be the vehicle I needed so you have to as you say step up get past those challenges find out what your weaknesses are work on them I don't think we ever stop with that if you really want standards to stay at excellence Mm -hmm. now um, Aviva you mentioned your parents and marriage by proxy which I want to find out more about but first of all let's listen to your mother Santa singing What a wonderful world. Tell me a bit about this recording and why you've chosen it. My mother had a voice like a silver bell. She was such a natural and she was also a great beauty. I can't help thinking that if she had had opportunities, she could have been... A big star in Hollywood it's it's all there and, and I must say over the years we, we learn to find out what it is that it takes and she had it so although we sang all those years together and we did concerts and uh, I did that one woman show on her life one day I thought to myself she was 89 and still remarkable and vibrant but I thought we need a record 
of that sound. So I managed to persuade her to go down the road from where I live to a makeshift studio. This was when she was 80. She was 89. Good grief. And she protested. She said, darling, I I don't want to go today. I'm not. I've got a bit of a cold. And I got her there. She stood in front of a microphone and she sang, as you will hear now, with this clear, astounding human bell sound and I can't tell you how pleased I am I followed my instinct and we have her and it is obviously in the hands of her children and her grandchildren she has eight grandchildren and 18 great-grandchildren good grief here she is Santa say a bell-like quality to that voice that's your mother Santa singing what a wonderful world and what a joy it must be for you Aviva Pelham to have that on record to have it here for eternity so really. Pleased. I'm so pleased yeah. I did it these things are fleeting otherwise. They are fleeting as you said once before um, you had all these clippings thank goodness mm-hmm. you didn't throw them away mm-hmm. and they're all in this wonderful book Aviva Pelham My Musical Odyssey a beautiful beautiful well illustrated coffee table book and that's what we're talking about today with Aviva Pelham and as you said what I quite like you've kept a theatrical feel through the whole thing so the first 10 years 1970 1980 you called Act 1 so we'll go to Act 2 in a moment but you intrigued me and I don't think I know the story of your parents meeting and marrying by proxy. Can you tell us briefly? Amazing story. So my father was born in Poland and did a bit of moving around trying to find a way to make a living. 
and he'd been to Palestine and he'd been to France and eventually he landed up in Rhodesia. My mother was born in Germany and had the terrible situation of of Nazism rising there. And her father was beaten up and tortured. They had to leave the country and they ran to Spain as refugees. They lived there for two years and then they left and they went to France thinking that they were caught in the Spanish Civil War. In France, there was somebody who knew my father and this lady looked at my mother and said, I've got somebody for you. And my mother wasn't interested, She, uh, but her mother said, let us know what you're talking about. And this lady said, just write to him, just send a photo and write to him, nothing will come of it. And my father got this letter from this beautiful girl in France, and he wrote back and said, will you marry me? If you do, I will give you a pair of a new pair of shoes, a new dress, and a cinema ticket. Good gracious, and, what a lovely, lovely and story. And my mother still didn't want to go. And my oh. mother said, you must go, you must get out of Europe. And my mother thought, well, he's got a good sense of humor. And she accepted that she had to leave her parents, and she never saw them again. So the truth is that actually he saved her life. Of course he would yeah. have with that. So she went to Rhodesia. She went to Rhodesia. She and they got married. They got married. Ten days later, you weren't allowed to stay in the country for more than ten days unless uh, you applied for permanent citizenship. And But in her case, she got married. Yeah. That is an amazing story, Aviva, and thanks for sharing with us. And that um, one woman show you did about Santa, Santa Story, was it called? Yes. Just briefly, was her life an interesting life? Yes, we don't put too much emphasis on later on on the children growing up, etc. In case uh, a group of three girls in Rhodesia doesn't interest everybody, but uh, it it really was an interesting life before that. You know, having mm-hmm. been born in Germany, so she had a right to stay there, and of course. She had such a terrible time later. At first at school, she didn't feel too much anti-Semitism. And, and later, it, it came through everything. And then, um, as I say, you know, that Spanish story is so fascinating mm. how they had to go eventually from trains to boats to trucks to walking to, to just try and find a place where they were safe. And uh, that she landed in France and this fortunate situation of this woman putting her and and my father together, I think we know too many stories of people who just couldn't get out. Mm, They didn't know how to. It was a form of divine intervention, surely. Possibly. That's lovely to say that, especially that they were both musical. I shake my head. I think, what a gift. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. And so were you born in Rhodesia? I was. And then what brought the family to South Africa? Uh, My sisters both came to Cape Town University, so I sort of followed without thinking about anything. But once I was here, they made their lives somewhere else. But I then had the greatest of fortunes to meet a wondrous human being who was my life's partner. And he lived here. So I. I, I, Oh, he was South African, your husband. I got it all. I got Cape Town (laughs) and I got opera. How how lucky can a girl be? But then when you came here, what sort of age were you? You, well, I came at working? 17, 18, and I auditioned piano and second 17, subject. 17, 18? Mm-hmm. 
and I was oh you're seventeen eighteen years old yes I see. yes okay and and I auditioned second subject singing which they turned me down so I did I did another <laughs> uh, degree um, in piano and clarinet uh, and then I heard about the opera course with Professor Gregorio Fascinaro the father of opera in South Africa mm, very much so and he listened and uh, although he was covering his face while I was singing I thought oh here we go again I'm useless and and he took me in and I think he could see you know this this girl she's um, sort of got theatre coming out of every every mm. pore of her and uh, he could see that I needed the theatre and the drama and the singing it was all there the musicality was there so it was just a question of learning how to sing actually but then who was your teacher did you have a, a, a proper teacher I started off with Desiree Talbot and she had a wonderful brand of professionalism she had fantastic Fantastic resources about repertoire. So I was constantly learning enormous amount of repertoire. And then uh, later I made my debut. I, I was singing quite a lot. And in later, in the middle of my career, I went to Nelly Dutoy. Oh, and I cannot tell you what an important second life she gave me, although I'd already been performing, Nelly took me back to step A, B, and C, which was which is often very useful, very important for a singer. You know, we forget, and there are these two precious uh, masked little muscles that make that entire range of beautiful sound and all everything from staccato to legato to all the dynamics. These two tiny muscles apparently less than a half an inch in a grown female so easily can get harmed and I've seen many wonderful potential singers harming their voices of course the urge is to sing loud yes. the urge is to, to sing roles. high yes. the urge yes. is to get there too soon and often that's the biggest mistake you can do okay I want to talk more about the, the technical side of singing in a moment but you worked a lot with Manuel Escorcio, and now we're going to hear the tenor Manuel Escorcio. We're going to hear you and he singing a duet. Tell me what we're going to listen to. We're going to hear Schenkt man sich Rosen in Tirol. And I must just say something about Manuel. I've often said you can sing at the same time as other people, but it's very rare that you sing together. And Manuel is an exceptionally musical human being, and he and I somehow find, found a, a space to tune into each other's minds and hearts and souls. And I was, couldn't get over the fact that Manuel always knew when I was going to breathe. I mean, I didn't. I was an asthmatic. So would, oh, no way. Sometimes there was a little bit of, of, you know, a little snatch here and there. He just was the perfect, the perfect match and the perfect partner. And I hope we can hear that in Schenkt man sich Rosen in Tirol. Thank you. 
Scorsio, along with my guest, Aviva Pelham, and certainly we can tell that link, Aviva, that you said you had. What was it? Shun, shken, oh. Schinkt. Schinkt. Schinkt man sich Rosen in Tirol. It's beautiful. I've, I've actually sung it as a solo also, mm-hmm. did a lot of operetta, and uh, I think it was Alan Stevenson who did the arrange, beautiful arrangement of the solo. But as far as I'm concerned, I prefer it in a duet. I've always <laughs> preferred singing with other people than on my own. Okay, but now we were talking about the actual voice. Aviva Pelham is my guest on People of Note this week with this beautiful coffee table book that she's just published called Aviva Pelham, A Musical Odyssey. And as I've said, the most amazing pictures. And it's an archive all in its own, yes. actually. Now... Just about voices, you am I right in saying that you have the typical lyrical voice that sort of shines and rings an operetta, and yet you do lots of other things. Just looking at this page here from 1995 to 2000, I can see everything from Cosi van Tute to Queen, uh, Fiddler on the Roof, Into the Woods, Divine Divas, The Magic Music. So, as I said at the beginning, you have this incredible ability to do so many things. I started off as a soubrette. I, I was small and um, pert, and the body and the voice matched there. And I seemed to do very well with the uh, Marriage of Figaro, the Cosi Fantutis, more soubrette and light. And then mm-hmm. slowly I started moving to other more more heavy roles. But I had to break several barriers. First of all, it was not so much opera to operetta that we do, but but opera to musicals in those days was not so welcomed. They thought that if you're going to sing My Fair Lady, you'll never sing Mozart again. Mm-hmm. If you're going to sing uh, Un Ballo in Mascara, you'll never manage to do something like um, Sound of Music. Right, right. And I knew I could. I just knew I could. It was just <laughs> a question of showing that I can survive something like a Sound of Music eight days a week, no microphone and no understudy. None. Mm-hmm. I can survive that also rehearsing in the morning for other productions and l- late at night on my, on my piano stool eking out the notes of a couple of symphony orchestra concerts. Wow, what a day. But I knew that that I could move into those different styles. I, I seem to have quite a lot of warmth in the lower part of my voice, which isn't typical of, of lighter sopranos. They go up and light, and I've always had that. So I, I think that what's important is this, that we honor what the what the not so much the values, what, what is needed, what is required for every single genre. You have to do that and adapt your voice to, to serve mm-hmm. all, everything that's required. Yes, there's a lovely quote here. By the way, one of the things I wanted to mention, Aviva, is at, le- at the start of each chapter, we're at chapter four at the moment, act four, this quote by Maya Angelou, life is not measured by the number of breaths we take but rather by the moments that take our breath away. And you on stage, apart from taking our breath away in the audience, must have had your breath taken away as well, singing with these great colleagues that you did so often, on the me. stage. Here. So often. Uh, it was even just listening to an orchestra warming up. It was being at a Zitzprobe where there isn't opera happening dramatically, only music. I, I remember one or two moments that are so outstanding. I remember Un Ballo in Mascara. I was the page boy. And 
in the second, well, I mean, Balo is my favorite Verdi. I cannot start to tell you what richness there is in the in the harmonies, in the beautiful melodies, one after another, and incredible drama. Mm. Imagine being killed at your at your <laughs> masked ball when you're the king. Don't tell King Charles the Third. And so, <laughs> uh, you know, you know, it's really, really rich stuff. And the music. There were one or two ensembles where I remember standing. It doesn't happen often where you can just stop and stand and sing, but sometimes the music calls for that, and there is no necessity to interact with anybody else. And and feeling I was in another zone, I was in another universe. All I could think was, thank you, thank you, thank you for the opportunity of having this kind of feeling it's magical. There's something healing that happens, by the way, at at a, a high resonance like that. Uh, it's probably difficult for people to understand if they haven't had it. Well, you know what? I was going to broach the subject of healing. And although this is moving a little bit away from what you talk about at the moment, you did bring it up. <laughs> and I know that you've worked in the healing environment, or how would mm. you explain that? So I'm on a long, all of us are on a long spiritual journey, and uh, healing plays a very big part for me. I've always chosen alternate medicine and I've always been very open to anything that might be positive. I think we're silly not to. If something can be good for somebody, there's no reason to to shut down and be afraid of, of a different kind of thought process. But I've always been a- attracted to anybody who might benefit from from music and, and I've very much... I feel privileged to have worked with with blind choirs. I work I work with the deaf school. Um, anything I can do with disabled people, I find beyond inspiring. One has to understand that that I'm the one that that becomes more and more healed <laughs> when I work with people like that. I love to do fundraisers. That Andrew Merriweather, we're trying to get him a suit to help him walk. Forward, um, wonderful voice, lost a leg to diabetes. We were fun. I wanted to fund. That was an amazing one, actually. It was at uh, the E.ON um, group. I got all the remaining people who were in the original E.ON group to come on stage, including wow. May Abramsa, Ruth Goodwin. It was one of those evenings wanting to get him a leg. So if if that's what we're talking about, I'm very drawn to it, and I'm afraid I'm, I'm just a girl who can't <laughs> say no, because if it's a worthy project, I'm there. I'm there thinking, how can I... Put it out there so that they get the exposure they need to have sponsors and... But Aviva, you're doing a lot of that. You do a lot of outreach program, don't you? You do a lot of help for people, underprivileged people, as you said, people who happen to be crippled or paraplegic. That's a very big part of your life at the moment. Yes, yes. And uh, that goes into many other streams as well. And as I say, you know, if, if something crosses my path that looks like it can help people, I, I don't know why I would say no. That that's if if there's something I can do, to, to bring that into the public eye, then you I'll do I'll it. Do it yeah. Okay, we're going to have another piece of music now. I don't know if I'm surprised by this or not, <laughs> but you've chosen Barbara Streisand. Mm, I'm a big fan of Barbara. I love I love her musicality. I love her intelligence, and, and she's also very versatile. This particular song, uh, the reason I chose it is because I once sang it on Table Mountain. You know, they used to have an annual wonderful luncheon the called Lord's Table. Do you remember yes, Table do. of I Unity? I mean, right. what an inspiring place with this little 
table, many tables put together and the flowers all the way and bread, long breads joining and most amazing food, which some brilliant chefs were hired for. And the best part of it was the, was the interfaith, that you've got people there from all sorts of different cultures and religions and we're the same. Mm, we, whatever we our differences are, we must celebrate, not hide from. And there's so much in common. And I used to feel standing there and singing that I was on holy ground. So this is now Barbara Streisand singing that song. It is. Okay.
Well, I haven't heard Barbara Streisand's voice for a while, and as you said, Aviva, it is quite a voice, isn't it? That song on holy ground. Another the choice of my guest, Aviva Pelham, on Fine Music Radio, and this is the program called People of Note, and Aviva's released the most wonderful coffee table book called Aviva Pelham, A Musical Odyssey. I'm just amazed at all the things you've got in here. Mm -hmm. We were talking about your your, um, outreach work and that sort of thing, and you've got a tree here. Paulsmore Prison Choir, The Space, The Heart Bay Music Project, Animal Rescue, Disabled Musicians, Save the Children's Fund, all as sort of leaves on the tree with a lovely quote by Winston Churchill, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. You've chosen lovely, lovely. So was this idea yours, this sort of um, tree thing? Mm, I didn't know how else to to present it, there just isn't any more space in the book. It's quite big as it is, and I just thought that would be just at a glimpse some of the some of the fundraisers I've I've had the privilege of of doing. But you've worked closely as well with the Jewish community, haven't you? In yes. Various projects and yes, things. Yes, yes, I have. I have. I, I did a very interesting opera called Brundibar here at Artscape in the theatre. That was such a fascinating project where the composer Hans Kraser had written a little opera for children, lovely, wonderful folk music. Um, Not easy, but very catchy. And he knew, he had a feeling he was going to be picked up imminently by the um, Nazis. So he gave that music to an orphanage and they started learning the music and they too got picked up and sent to Theresen. Can you believe that they put on this opera in Theresen with with some of the best musicians of the world because the Jewish musicians were not allowed to play in in any other orchestras. They were there in Theresenstadt with the instruments and they did, I forget exactly, I think it was 31 performances of Brundibar, which I was lucky enough to direct here. But the interesting thing is this. On the very last performance, when the Red Cross were invited by the Nazis to come and see how wonderfully they were treating the Jews who were all being beaten and tortured and starving. And um, they, after that performance, when the curtain came down, they took the entire orchestra and all the children to Auschwitz, where they were murdered the next day. Two people survived. One was a little girl who had played the cat in Brundi Bar, and we brought her out, and she was here t- at our production. Wow. So the, those kind of special, precious memories. Is that in this book as well? Those yes. sorts of things. Yes, there's not much That's scandal or gossip. I'm afraid. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but, not, but, yeah. <laughs> but now, Aviva, what is the situation now? You're doing so much for example there's this project you do with the orchestra just tell me about that because i know that's very important to you i was so thrilled when i was approached because uh what what was important was to show that the orchestra our wonderful world-class classical cape cape town philharmonic orchestra what we need to show is how versatile they are and how diverse and that it is an opera an orchestra for all Mm. that's what we need to show maybe people don't understand that and I'm really so happy they asked me because that's what I do I call myself a crossover queen because I love (laughs) to take something from one genre and and then do it in another way Mm -hmm. and and so what we can do with the orchestra never sacrificing standards if you're going to do something purely classical we do it at the best standard but sometimes 
is I will cross it over with something else you weren't expecting. Perhaps it's that gorgeous Luck Made Duet sung by two stunning opera singers from Cape Town Opera. And at the same time, I'll have a wonderful girl on silk. She's on those fantastic curtains that zip-zap does better than anybody else will mm-hmm. certainly in, in, in Africa. So two things are happening. Two or three things are happening. They're not necessarily of the same style, but they complement each other. And I find what happens is that audiences get wider and wider because they're drawn from one particular style to seeing how it can work in another. But all this makes you sound like a director. Have you di- because you've got this flair for visual effects. I think what one must remember is that it doesn't necessarily follow that if you are a singer or an actor or a dancer that you can direct. It is really not the same. Sure, we learnt some things, but I do... I'm a big organizer. It could be my German mother. So there's that to start with. Secondly, I have the musical knowledge and I can know what can work. Mm -hmm. And I do love every aspect of theater. So when you let me loose at Artscape world-class theater with excellent lighting and sound and fantastic orchestra and a choice of maybe using a singer from Idols or maybe using putting it together with with jazz art when you thought it was going to be classical that kind of mix i i can't tell you how happy i am but there's some on pictures that. in this book including on the back i think mm, mm. of massive 200 more you say <laughs> people on stage in your productions with sometimes, the orchestra sometimes sometimes yeah there was one there was one called uh, a night to remember for red cross hospital that was over 200 i think the last one for the cape town philharmonic orchestra we call it the gala spectacular was something like 180 so it's the full orchestra on stage we've mm-hmm. got to feature the orchestra and they're marvelous and they, they stand and they come out to the front and and then there, there are all sorts of different artists as well and do you with a production like that do you enjoy it or do you have nightmares and you shout and scream at <laughs> I know you're very tough because I know you did a production years ago for us here in That's the right. for fine Your music radio 10th anniversary That's yes. right. and I remember you were <laughs> <laughs> really quite dictatorial I hope I was directorial because we need somebody needs are, to be making good. you know making decisions but and also I really thoroughly professional uh, I'm, I'm an Aquarian so I don't actually enjoy um, any kind of, of, of conflict it's I don't I don't like it. I don't think anybody thrives well in it. Though I, I do watch some people seem to thrive well in it. <laughs> yes, but it's not the way I work. I really try and get the buy in from people and let them know that I'm looking to make them look and sound the very, very best they can. Because I really um very much respect my audience and I respect the genius of the composers. So that that needs us to pull everything we can together to make it the highest standard. But Eviva, you also have your reputation, which is a a very good reputation, so everything you do, you must make sure it's the highest standard possible. And now singing, are you still singing? I am. Are you still singing? have to shoot me. I I enjoyed it at the the launch, at at my book launch. I had wonderful pieces of music 
Zanzi Tenors were there. I rebranded the Divine Divas, which I used to do with Sibongile Komalo and Virgin mm. Davids. Mm. I passed that on to three lovely young singers because it's worth carrying on. And, of course, the Cape Town Opera Chorus. But I did sing a few numbers, one with my Santa Story Klezma Ensemble, one with Professor Angelo Gabato, who was really the most important influence in my artistic life. Uh, one on my own, which was about signing for the deaf. This ties up with what you were asking me earlier. Yes, so yes. I actually don't find it hard to sing at all. I don't know what it is. I, maybe I, I'm just not trying so hard anymore. And somehow it's just there. But you see, it's what you said earlier, Aviva. You haven't tried to sing loudly or high notes. You've looked after your voice. You've sung repertoire that you feel comfortable in and that you know you know what your voice yes, does best. Yes. And so there it still is, yeah. still there. Very grateful. You know what? We're going to have to stop now. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, Eva, just before we stop and choose your last piece, I just want to say congratulations on so many aspects of your life. Um, I remember because I come from Durban and Johannesburg, I always used to hear about Aviva Pelham in Cape Town. And if you ever came up there, I'd rush off to see you. <laughs> um, so seeing a book like this with these incredible memories, yeah. congratulations is all I can Thank say. You. Is it on sale? Yes, yes it is. Um, just setting up the website now as I speak. I, I don't have a secretary or PA or anything. I'm a, I'm a one-woman <laughs> show. But just setting it up, yes, uh, there is a percentage that goes to the AB Foundation, who I care very much about and Perfect. need one of, one of many that need a sponsorship. Um, my email address is just avivapelham at gmail.com for any, um, if there is any correspondence. And uh, it's on sale at Clark's and at the Book Lounge at the moment. Okay. And we, we're moving forward on that. Okay. Well, as I say, it's a beautiful, beautiful production. And it's like paging through favorite programs <laughs> of the years and seeing the great names. Memories. Kenneth Reynolds, Kate mm. Corsten, Mimi Kurtzer, Larry, Larry, Larry Foley. Yeah. So, gosh, so I'm we're going great. to have to stop now. So what's, what's your last piece of Eva? Well, I'm, I'm so pleased I've chosen this. It's a, it's a charming piece, and uh, what it does is it shows you crossover at its very best. Um, there are four wonderful singers, and it's recorded by Amici, and it's called Prayer in the Night. God bless you, Aviva, and thank you very much. Thank you, Rodney.
People of Note on Fine Music Radio was proudly brought to you by Peter Turin Productions. Music Radio.